In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remembering the Trinity Tide is a season where our Lord wants to clearly show us that with His finished work for the salvation of souls complete, He wants to show us how to live the most true life that He has given us by the benefit of the giving of His Holy Spirit and union with the Trinity. And today, as with all liturgies and Trinity Tide, we continue in this theme. Our Gospel reading today is from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 14. It's the parable of the great banquet. And when Jesus told this parable, He said that there was a certain man that prepared a great banquet for many, and He invited them all. And when the supper was ready, He sent His servant out to go and let everyone know who was invited. The supper is ready. Come and partake. When he went out and was extending the invitation, letting everyone know that the supper was ready, he was met with various excuses as to why people could not come to the banquet. One said, I just bought a piece of land and I have to go and prepare it. Another said, I just bought some new beasts of burdens and I have to go and test and train them. I'm sorry, I cannot come to the banquet. Another one said, I just got married. I have to be with my spouse at this moment. I cannot come to the banquet you've invited me to. So the servant returns with the message of these excuses to the host. And listen carefully to the host's response. The master of the house who provided it all. The master of the house became angry. And he told his servant, go into the city. Bring the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Let them come in. So the servant went out. He did just that. He brought all of them in. And there was still room in the banquet for others. So he says to his servant, go further. Go further than you've ever gone before. Go out into the highways and the byways. And you go bring those people in. I want my banquet hall full. And he said of those who rejected the invitation, that they now have no place at my banquet. What are we seeing in the heart of the host who is our Heavenly Father? He longs that every soul He ever created to be present in the banquet where He intends to share every heavenly benefit that He finished His work through our Lord Jesus Christ to offer the souls of every man. In the entirety of our faith, it's forever taught us that Christ our God in the giving and the teaching of this parable was presenting two parallel truths. And if you can see these parallel truths interwoven together, not separate, if you will. And in both of the truths that all of the church fathers talk about and hand down to us, the host is God the Father and the servant is Christ our God. And one of the truths that's taught is that we are seeing the salvific story, the salvation story through Christ right in front of us. Because Christ came to His own people first to call them to Himself. And when they denied the invitation, He went beyond them to the Gentiles. And even today, this blessed gospel of the love of God that saves our soul is going out to both Jew and Gentile to fill the banquet hall. 
because the Father wants to share all he is with all he's created. That's his nature. The other parallel truth at the same time that the Father's talk about has to do with the banquet itself. And that's what we're going to focus more on this morning. What is the banquet? What is being offered at that very table prepared from the very heart of God for us when we come and are served by this most gracious host? And what is this banquet? It is the very banquet, the great banquet of eternity, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the banquet of the bridegroom who has lovingly gathered his bride together with him, all of us. His holy church and all the saints in heaven, his holy church. And in this banquet, it's all at once eschatological meaning having to do with the fullness of time of the eternal existence that those who remain in Christ will forever enjoy in paradise. But at the same time, it is also the experience of that very joy and wonder present for us in our lives today in what we like to call the eternal now, this banquet that our Lord is revealing in this parable, to be quite clear, it's exactly what you and I are participating in right here and right now. And every time we meet with our Lord Jesus Christ in our midst, it's the eternal worship of God. It's the eternal enjoyment of fellowship with Him who comes and not only sets the table, but sits at table with us. It's the blessedness of our loving oneness and fellowship together sitting at table with our Lord. And it is the reception of every benefit that was fulfilled for us by the finished work of Christ, given to us by the divine Holy Trinity in the divine liturgy and in the Eucharist. Allow me to give you just some teachings, just a few of the church fathers who talk about this banquet as the liturgy and the Eucharist. St. Athanasius, he taught, O oh, brothers and sisters, what a banquet this is. How great is the harmony and joy of all those who eat at this heavenly banquet. They enjoy food at this table that produces everlasting life. Not that ordinary food which passes right through the body, who will be considered worthy to be in that group? Who is so blessed as to be called to and counted worthy of the divine feast? Blessed is he who will eat bread in your kingdom. My friends, I tell you today, in all truth, that today you and I will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Food that produces everlasting life, this saint says. Our Lord Jesus Christ said the same thing. He's teaching the very words of Jesus. We're in the Gospel of St. John in chapter 6 that we even heard on Wednesday's noon mass. Jesus says, He who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life. Unless you eat of my flesh, the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Our God, Christ our God, is our host, and He is the very covenant meal served that gives us true and everlasting life. St. Cyril of Alexandria said this about our Lord's parable. What was the nature of the invitation? Come, look, for all things are ready. God the Father has prepared in Christ 
gifts for the inhabitants of the earth. And then St. Athanasius is going to tell us the menu that we're served. When he says, through Christ at this banquet, he bestows the forgiveness of sins. The cleansing away of all defilement. Communion of the Holy Spirit. Our glorious adoption as children. And the kingdom of heaven itself. This is the banquet. This is the banquet Christ gave his life to prepare for those whom he loved and for those who would love him with their own lives. The blessed St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says something extraordinary about this banquet and our participation in it. I begin in verse 16. St. Paul teaches, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? That Greek word for communion is this, participation in, active participation. Let me say that again with that word. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the participation of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the participation of the body of Christ? And what does it mean that we're invited into a participation in Christ's body and blood? It means that every time that we gather and Christ being in our midst, the Eucharist affords us an experienced inheritance of every eternal benefit that Jesus Christ wrought for us by His chosen suffering, death, resurrection, ascension, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for our salvation. This, my friends, is how He intends for the final covenant to be kept at a meal set with every benefit of the kingdom of God and offered for the souls of men for their enjoyment and for their blessing. The covenant meal, the great banquet, is a banquet of the extension of the love of God for us to experience. And no, He's not crucified again and again and again every Sunday that we gather together. But He does bring the power and the wonder and every benefit of everything that He did once and for all upon the cross for us to experience. And I think if we're to understand the great banquet in the eyes of the church, we have to remember some of the basic benefits. I say basic, wondrous. We can't even fathom these basic benefits of what Christ did for us upon the cross. The first is this, He shed His blood. We participate in His blood. The blood of Christ was shed for the remission of our sins. How many times, and I ask you to even listen as we continue in the liturgy. How many times in the liturgy will you hear that we are approaching this banquet, this table, to receive the blood for the remission of our sins? Again and again reminding us. St. Augustine said it this way. The chalice, or rather that which the chalice holds, consecrated by the word of God, Jesus, is the blood of Christ. And through those elements, the Lord wishes to entrust to us the blood which he poured out for the remission of our sins. Every time we receive Holy Eucharist, his blood once shed upon the cross and we participate in it. Actively, we are receiving the remission of sins, the ease and cleansing of a burdened conscience. Anyone here not need that every time we 
Because this is what he invites you to receive every time in his presence. And secondly, his body. His body was broken and torn apart so that our complete broken human person could be put back together, healed and mended. I want you to hear some of the most beautiful words I've ever heard spoken of the body of Christ from St. Ambrose. He said, thus every soul which receives the bread which comes down from heaven is a house of bread. The bread of Christ being nourished and having its heart strengthened by the support of the heavenly bread which dwells within it. Listen to these words. He says, every faithful soul is Bethlehem. Why does he say every faithful soul is Bethlehem? Because the name of the town Bethlehem literally means Bethlehem, house of living bread. And that's where the living bread would be born for us. We become this, a house of living bread, taking him into ourselves. By taking his broken body, we are being made whole again by the one feeding us. Again, anyone not in need of that every time we come. This is the blessedness of the banquet. And finally, I give you one other thing, and I could go over many of the great benefits of what Christ did on the cross for our benefit. Listen to St. Paul in Colossians chapter 2. Being nailed to the cross, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. When we come to this blessing, as if it wasn't enough to receive remission of sins and our human person being mended and made right again as we were created to be, our Lord Jesus Christ brings into this moment His victory over the demonic on our behalf. All of us who have struggled all throughout the days and weeks with the vile temptations of Satan, having victories and also failing and falling and victories and falling, when we come to this blessed banquet that He has afforded to us, He makes present for us, He realizes for us His victory over the demonic so that we can share in that victory. So that we can sense and feel and experience that victory in our lives, even though we fail this week. And then we might depart from this place to walk by Christ, by grace, living in and from His victory over anything Satan could possibly throw our way in the upcoming days. And I'm telling you, I need this. And this is the invitation that our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the invitation to the banquet. Let's return with all of these things in our mind. Let's return back to the banquet of the parable for a moment. The finished work of Christ, it signaled that the banquet is now ready to be served. And we are invited to this banquet where Christ is in our midst. He does everything that we've spoken about and so much more that we could not speak about today on our behalf when we come. We need to grow and keep growing in maturity, my friends, to stop letting the voice of our enemy speak to us with the divine liturgy and the Eucharist that is celebrated this great banquet every day of the resurrection is a mere church service that we can take or leave. That's the voice our Lord wants. He wants us either to come and reject what's really happening, or He wants us to deny it altogether and be persuaded to do other things that Satan deems more important. This is His craft against us to separate us 
from sitting at table with the God who actively, with all his heart, longs to do each and everything that we've spoken on our behalf every time we come together with him. And you know, my friends, I am blessed and I thank God that for the first time for these last three or four years, I thank God that our shut-ins who can't come to church, they can pray with us through the live stream. And God knows where they are and knows that they cannot come. What we speak of today is not legalism. What we speak of today is divine encounter of a relationship that Christ invites us to. And He gives those who cannot come everything they need for their life and salvation. And we bring Eucharist to Him. But make no mistake, when we decide on our own to stay home and do whatever we want and watch on the live stream, we are not receiving all the benefits of this banquet because Christianity is physical, not just spiritual. We are not some disembodied spirits wafting all over the place. We need a physical encounter and a spiritual encounter and an emotional encounter. Everything that we are with everything that He is. And that's what saves our soul. And that's what deepens and roots our faith. Very, very strong. And I say it in love to you. Discern the voice of the enemy. The enemy will always want to keep you from this. They will always want you to keep us from this. Let our mustard seed, all of our mustard seed of faith over everything we've thought about this morning. Let it be watered by the Holy Spirit to grow. And may we experience this divine banquet as our Lord intends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.